Welcome to the Action Network Podcast, the number one show for the invested sports fan. Ready? All right, here we go. From the 10th, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. <laughs> Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Welcome to another edition of the Action Network podcast. I am Chris Raybon, and I'll be joined shortly by the Prime Minister of Degenerate Nation, Mr. Stuckey. We're going to break down all of the NFL betting action for week number three of the 2019 season. We will, of course, go through our Sunday six pack, which is the six sides that we like the most from a betting angle. Then we'll run through all the remaining games, just touch on the sides in those games, give you guys our favorite total, our favorite teaser, our favorite money line parlay, and get you out of here with our top most confident survivor pick of the weekend. Of course, first, we're going to start by previewing the Thursday night football game. But before we get to that, Stuck, just wanted to say what up. How you doing? How's your week two? What's going on, brother? Grinded out a profit, which is always a plus. Uh, the Bears minus two and a half was painful, but I got lucky on a few others. I had the Ravens under Still don't know how that hit. The Vikings Packers under. Still don't know how that hit. Unders went 13 and three. You're seeing a lot of the totals come down because of the holding and call increases, which, you know, it was an emphasis of the NFL. It's something to keep in mind as we uh, continue our journey in this NFL season. Is there going to be an overreaction to it? It reminds me a lot of when they implemented illegal contact and there was a lot of changes there, not only in the league, but in the totals market. On the other side, you saw more overs. We hit our money line parlay for those at tail, which is like five, six to one. Colts and uh, the Seahawks. So we'll get to that later. But yeah, it was it was uh, overall fun weekend. Let's begin with Thursday night football. It's not the best game, but it's the only game tonight. Let's bet Thursday night football. In tonight's matchup, the one and one Tennessee Titans visiting the 0-2 Jacksonville Jaguars. The Titans are a one-and-a-half point favorite, getting 68% of the bet tickets, 51% of the money. So it looks like some sharp action or at least some bigger bets coming in on the Jacksonville Jaguars. The over-under opened at 41. It is down to 39. We're seeing 68% of the bets, 56% of the money on the under. So a little bit looks like some reverse line movement there. Uh, Of course, you can find all those betting percentages, money percentages, in the Action Network app. So go download that if you haven't already. What's up with these Jaguars? Yeah, I mean, look, that defense, which played out of its mind last week, they just play really well against Deshaun Watson and the Texans. And they just came up just short. But if you recall, this team who went 0-2 last year against the Titans, one, which was 9-6, and the other, I think, was like 30-9. to These two games averaged, I think, 26, 27 points total in their two meetings last year. But if you recall the latest meeting, their most recent meeting last year, Derrick Henry absolutely pants the Jaguars. He embarrassed them on national TV. I believe it was on Thursday night and he had a 99 yard touchdown run. The Jaguars couldn't tackle. I mean, it was bad from start to finish. And this was, you know, during the the Jaguars slide all through the end of last season. And they're going to show up. 
I, you know, all this drama with Ramsey, it looks like he's going to play, you know, and Gakwe is going to be back, Cam Robinson back at left tackle. I think this defense shows up after getting embarrassed. And if you can, you know, shut down that Titans running game and Derrick Henry and that effort is there, I mean, I can't see them having too much success in the air, regardless if A.J. Boye plays or not. And I, I'm assuming Ramsey plays. I just think this is a spot to play the Jags at home. I, you know, I have these teams pretty similarly rated. And Gardner Minshew, he just continues to cover. He did it all through college. He was the most profitable against the spread quarterback. And look, this year, his numbers, they're not wowing. But when he has a clean pocket, he's, a, he's the sixth best, is a sixth highest passing grade in the NFL. So, you know, there are questions about the Jags locker room. But, you know, at 0-2, divisional game after getting embarrassed by the Titans last year. I think the Jags are a play here, plus one and a half, plus two. The only thing I need to decide, I'll be on them in some form or fashion, is if I want to tease them or not, because they're such a great teaser piece. You can tease from one and a half to seven and a half. So you're going through the three, through the four, through the six, through the seven in a game that might have eight points. So, you know, I just have to decide if there's a, another piece that's I really want to pair it with or if I'm just going to play it straight. But I think you get the Jags best effort here. Um, and I think they match up pretty well as long as their run defense shows up. And after last year, I think it does. I get what you're saying about, you know, Jags kind of showing up after getting embarrassed, but I do think it's a tough spot for Minshew because the one thing is, you know, I think talent and and just like the better team tends to win out on these short weeks. I think, you know, he had a week to prepare for for this Houston team. The whole, you know, they they held him in check, had a great chance to win that game, um, you know, respect the decision to try to do that. But now you're going on a short week. Yes, you're at home, but, uh, you know, the Titans have had the Jags number. And, you know, and that's concerning for me um, because the Titans have had the Jags number through a lot of different iterations uh, of this Jags team from like the, the Bortles one right through, who was it? Cody Kessler, like all these different kind of quarterbacks and, and through like the, the best Jags defense through like the, the okay Jags defense, but not the great one. Like now they, they're, they actually rank in PFS ratings as one of the worst defenses. I know they're better than that. They play two tough offenses, but I just don't know that the Jags are the better team here. I think I still have the Titans uh, rated better. Um, but I do agree with you. I, they kind of uh, worry me, the Titans, do as far as covering. So but I actually took them on the money line. I think they win the game. It could be by one. I don't know. I just think they win the game. I think the Jags will play better defense. I think it will be a low-scoring game. You could kind of see why that over-under uh, has ticked down. Uh, so unless there's like a defensive score, which there, I think there was in the last one, actually. But as long as there's no defensive score, this one probably stays under. Uh, but I do like the Titans. I just think it's tough on a short week uh, for Gardner Minshew. Yeah, I mean, last year they're in their meeting when they lost 30-9, to nine, that was at Tennessee. They were catching five and a half points. That was with Cody Kessler, quarterback. I think Minshew's a little better than Kessler. You know, if you just take that line and extrapolate home field and just assume it's three points each way, you know, the Jags should be a, a short favorite here. The Titans were, and, and I would say were, they are underrated for like years now because they keep going, they keep finishing with winning records. No one ever expects it. Like even looking back at like a spread from last year, like I think that probably sells the Titans short as well compared to what they really uh, are capable of. These teams are both tough, uh, especially the Titans. I think they surprise people. You know, when you think they're going to win, they lose. When you think they're going to lose, they win. Uh, but I do think they're the better team. I disagree in principle just slightly, but that's why, you know, and last year, Henry in that game, by the way, 17 carries for 238 yards and four touchdowns. That's why it might just be a great teaser piece. You just take whatever dog was plus one and a half in this game, teasing them over seven and a half. I mean, that's probably the best teaser spot of the week. 
No, yeah, and I and that's why again I didn't take the Titans even on the short on the short spread. I still took the money line just because I could easily see like a fifteen fourteen win for the Titans or something like that. So yeah. it's, it's a tough game to handicap. It, it is going to be a defensive game. I think that's probably uh, probably more confident in, in that than anything else. And that brings us to coach's pep talk. And today's pep talk is dedicated to the zero and two Jacksonville Jaguars. Specifically, Doug Marone. Doug Marone, who I believe is now 2-14 and 14 in his last 16 regular season games. Pep Talk comes to us from Western University's Pete Bell from the movie, I'm sure you all know, Blue Chips. You keep playing the way you're playing, we're going to get our ass beat again tonight. And it stops right now! Doug Marone, don't get your ass beat by Jalen Ramsey by upsetting him again before you end up trading him. Don't get him hurt out there. Uh, but let's now get in to the main event our Sunday six-pack. Thirsty for action? Let's crack open the Sunday six-pack. So, Stuck, you caught up to me, as you said you would. We're tied 4-4. Last week, you got three points. You hit your two-pointer for Green Bay, minus three. I don't know how. Ask Kirk Cousins, I guess. Talent. <laughs> and you also hit the under uh, in that same game. Uh, my only hit was uh, Atlanta plus two. Unfortunately, the powerhouse Miami Dolphins just couldn't get it done despite being the superior team against the New England Patriots. No, I'm joking. But it looked like it had hope for a second. And then Ryan Fitzpatrick was like, nope, I'm, I'm throwing the ball to the other team. 4-4. In case you guys aren't familiar, how this works is we each give – our three favorite sides, our three favorite picks, we draft them. And our first one is worth two. Our other two are worth one. And then we also do a total and we get a point for that if we hit that. And the one thing which will come into play today is we can take opposite sides of the same game. I think we might do that today. So just a little tease. We've been talking and I, I, I know one of your sides and I think I'm going to go against it. But we'll see. My first pick, and by the way, we do rotate each week. So I start, you know, start of week one or start of week two. Obviously, start week three. And look, I said I was going to catch you in two weeks if you if you keep picking the Dolphins as your top pick. You know, who I'm starting with this week, I'm going, and I got them plus seven, minus 113 on the app, but whatever it is, we'll, you know, we after the podcast drops on Thursday, we take what the lines are. Plus six and a half, plus six. I'm taking the Lions as my top pick. I mean, if you look at this Eagles injury report, it looks like a CVS receipt. A quarter a quarter of their roster is on it, you know, including, you know, Goddard, Jeffrey, Jackson. It looks, doesn't look like Jeffrey and Jackson are going to play. You know, they've already lost um, Jernigan and Jackson on the D-line. And their D-line was one of their strengths, like the depth of it. They haven't been getting pressure either, which is very odd because they played Washington and Atlanta, two horrible offensive lines. And if they're not getting pressure, and a lot of it's been scheme. Atlanta was getting the ball out quick. Um, you know, they were using just you know, misdirection and movement. I think the Lions can do that too. They're going to spread out in Daryl Bevel's system. They have a lot of talent. You know, Galladay can have a big day because if they're not getting pressure and you're getting the ball out quick, the Eagles secondary is showing that they are not that good. Like, this is like a fantasy thing, but like if you play fantasy, if you bet props even, you know, bang the overs, start guys in DFS against the Eagles, especially the number one wide receiver on the opposing team. I mean, look at Julio Jones, was ranked my number one wide receiver last week. You saw what he did. You just book it against the Eagles. The other team's number one wide receiver is going to have a day. They're not a pure man team. They might be playing more man so that they can get Jenkins on Hawkinson, who's a stud, and if they do, that's just going to open it up even more. 
I mean, they're just, you know, they're, and I really like the interior of the Detroit offensive line, which I think is huge. It'll give Stafford some time, but I think he's going to be getting the ball out quick. Um, and, you know, this Lions team, you know, I kind of like some of the things that they're doing. They're going to, their defense looks a lot like the Patriots. You know, it's Matt Patricia. So they're going to play a lot of man and they have capable corners, right? They have one of the best corners in the NFL and Darius Slay as far as man is concerned. Rashawn Melvin, he has some size on the outside. And I'm thinking, all right, can they match up with Jackson and Jeffrey? But it looks like they're going to be out. You're talking Nelson Aguilar, Arcega Whiteside. No one's mentioning Mac Collins, who, by the way, played over Arcega Whiteside. Like, he's the next guy up. It's going to be, I mean. You want to put Mac Collins in there, fine. But, just, I mean, Justin Coleman is also a good nickel slot or whatever you put on. So, I like the Detroit. Now, they might not be covered. They might be able to cover Ertz. So, fantasy guys out there, Ertz might have a huge day and 100 targets. I, you know, that's not my specialty. But I really think this Detroit defensive line, like, their rotation is, is crazy. Especially, I think they're going to get hand back. You know, they're, they're probably going to get Davis back, their captain at linebacker. But you got Flowers, Okora, and then really it comes down to this just undermanned Eagles team really across the board, but especially on offense. And if they're questionable, there was a quote out there uh, from Doug Peterson who said, look, I got to worry about this whole season and the next two weeks. And they have the Packers on Thursday night. So if they're leaning on, you know, all right, should he go? Should he not? I bet you they're going to err on the side of caution with most of these guys with the Packers like five days after this game. So I think the Lions make this really close. And I think the Lions might outright pull off an upset. So I ended up one of the my favorite bets uh, actually wrote it up in our staff favorite bets uh, column on actionnetwork.com for this week. Uh, kind of arrived at it a little after the, the show, so I didn't get to say it, but was the under in that Chargers Lions game. And a big reason was I, I thought the Lions defense was uh, improved. And I actually got this line at plus eight when it dropped. So I'm actually right with you uh, on board uh, with this Lions pick. Um, it is down to six five, but yeah, I think it's still probably selling them short as far as what kind of, of team they are. Let's give Matt Patricia some credit. You know, I think this is a team that, you know, entering year two, they knew, they knew they had to improve and you expected them to be better on defense. And I think you're starting to see that take shape. I mean, even though they, they kind of came with Arizona, come back on them in week one, you kind of expect that. And they held their ground once they got to overtime. Like, you know, they didn't lose the game, even though they choked it away. Uh, yeah, they could know. easily be 2-0. and Right. Now, now, really, what we just need to see is what we think we, can, we are going to see, which is that offense have a day uh, against that, that Eagles secondary that can be exploited. So again, that line is moving down. By the time you hear this, if you're out there, it might even be down to six. So uh, probably would jump on it if you agree sooner rather than later. Uh, for my first pick, I'm going with the Cincinnati Bengals plus six against the my Bengals. Bills. Your Bengals. And I'm just going to say this, like everything you said about why you love Zach Taylor and why you bet on the Bengals last week that I was like, yeah, I don't know that now I think it applies. Like now, like these things just have a way in the NFL, you know, teams come out, come out strong one week. Then they kind of, you know, let, let their foot off the gas a little bit. I think everyone was giving Cincinnati a ton of credit, Zach a ton of credit for that one point loss. But if you look at last week and, and, and I think this line got inflated because it came out and, and since he was a four and a half point underdog, now it's up to six. I think it got inflated because everyone's like, well, they got blown out by San Francisco. Well, if you look at that game, there are a lot of things that are just hard to repeat. Like, like even if you tried, like they missed the, the official counts are somewhere between 12 and 15 tackles. Their, their own tackling co- was so oh, embarrassing. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And like their own coach had them marked down like for like 
Like, it was like so ridiculous number, like 200 yards after contact on like um, between runs and passes with all the missed tackles. Like, I think the official numbers are a bit less because they define it differently. But either way, a ton of like, there's one play where Matt Breida literally should have been stuffed for a three yard loss and, and juked like six different Bengals and that got like, crazy. a 30 yard gain. So like, there are a lot of things in that game that didn't repeat. But they, the thing about it is, as you alluded to uh, last episode, Stuck. In week one, they were good. They were good at tackling. They were good at gap containment. They held the Seahawks team that we expected to do a, a lot more than, than, than squeak out a 21-20 victory in check. Uh, and now, you know, kind of, I love to go read the, the local reports. And, you know, that's kind of how I start my research. I, I start reading read about all the teams, what, the, what, the, what they're saying locally, what the coaches are saying, what are the points of emphasis in a given week. And it's all tackling. This is not who we are. We know that. And I expect to see a different team. And I think you're kind of, you're also getting this artificial inflation from the fact that, and I talked about this in our action network betting guides, like the giants pass defense is just, I mean, historically, like, like everyone knows the dolphins, but like this giants defense might be there. So love Josh Allen last week, loved him in DFS, loved him just period. Any, any type of way you could invest in him. But the bottom line is he's, he's still a guy that, is why I would have turned the ball over. Uh, the but this Buffalo team, not a team that like you know they have some better pieces than last year on offense, but there's not a team. That, oh my god, they're going to break a ton of tackles, especially if you have a focused Bengal team that's like you know really uh, kind of paying attention to to, to containing and, and to bringing guys down and to playing fundamental football. Uh, so I think this game kind of has a whole different script. Uh, I don't think the Bengals are that team that gives up 40 plus every week. I think they're more like the one you saw week one against Seattle. And, and I think Buffalo is a, an improved team. I have a lot of respect for Sean. McDermott do not think they should be six point favorites even if they're at home I think the line probably was even a little inflated when it came out at four and a half I think this is more like your classic you know maybe a tiny bit better than three uh, in favor of the Bills like three five or so so I love the Bengals plus six uh, this week yeah I don't hate it I mean if I had to go one way that's where I would go that's my notes for this game like why before I dug into it, I was like, can the Bengals tackle? Because I watched that game. Yeah. Um, a lot of it was on one of the screens. It was on, a, we had Red yes. one game and then that game because I'm in Lexington and that's the local team. And then I checked their tackling grade is 32 6. It's yeah. worst in the league through two weeks. So yeah, I agree that a lot of that is effort, you know, and, and if that's the point of emphasis. And yeah, this is just look, the Bills have beat the two New York teams. Probably two of them, including five. Three or three, probably two to three to five worst teams in the league. And again, it's like, it goes back to what we talked about. They could have lost against the Jets easily. They still kind of stole that game. Yeah. And it's like, I think it's a, some for, for people out there when, like when you, when you're trying to figure out, okay, like what's repeatable, what's not like penalties, uh, big plays, things like that tend to revert. Fumbles. To, right. Fumbles, like who recovers the fumble. Um, those things tend to revert to the mean. So like, even if you're out there and you think like, Hey, you know, I'm putting in the work, I'm watching these games, this team looked terrible. Like the whole thing is like a lot of the things they're either correctable or just difficult to repeat in the first place. That's when you usually want to kind of back the other side. So like, yeah, the Bengals got embarrassed at home, now they're on the road. Everyone's like, oh, no, they yeah, can't. The Bills do are 2 and oh, The Bills covered right. the bit. Yeah. But, yeah, I agree. Artificial inflation. These things are correctable. The, I still have a lot of respect for the Bills, but they should not be six-point favorites. Uh, who you got next up? Yep, completely agree. It's, it's Bengals are nothing there. Uh, my second pick, I'm going with uh, my Ravens, who I also got, if you follow me on the app, plus seven. Uh, I think it's down to six and a half. Still like it there. Um, look, look out for the desert eagle. You know, for those of you who don't know what the desert eagles, it's the name of the Ravens 
formation and offense. It's the, you know, the most powerful pistol in the world, I believe. But, you know, RPO last week, they only ran it like five or six times. But they're running this pistol with just so much muscle. They're running three, using three tight ends, a fullback, and they're throwing out of it. They're running out of it. And then they're setting up their play action. They're setting up Jackson runs. There's a lot of ton of motion, play action. And teams only have six quarters. Uh, of film. So I do think eventually, you know, these formations, and they're, they're running over 70 plays a game on average, but opposing defenses will start to get, find out some tendencies on the, with these formations, but they don't have much to go off of right now. And I still think you can run right at the Chiefs. You can run it right down their throat. Um, you can throw over the middle of the field. Mark Andrews, I think, is the highest rated offensive player by pro football focus so far this year. Yards per route run. It's uh, Hollywood Brown, number one, Mark Andrews, number two. So this Ravens offense is rolling. And, you know, their defense has some issues in the secondary. You know, Jimmy Smith's hurt. Tavon Young is hurt. Um, So, you know, there's been some communication issues. You have Earl Thomas in there, who's a stud and I love. But, you know, he's a new piece. You know, and then you have, you know, uh, Anthony Averett at one corner, Marlon Humphrey, who's a stud on the other, and then Carr who I trust that slot, but there's just, they were missing some assignments. So I do think the chiefs will get theirs, but look, this chief's offense is banged up. You know, Eric Fisher is out, you know, his replacement, I believe Ingram was great in pass blocking last week, but he, he was, I think was the number one rate of pass blocking tackle, uh, but he was the worst run blocking tackle. So I don't think that they're getting anything on the ground, especially considering Dexter Williams is out and it looks like LaShawn McCoy might be out. So they're down to, uh, I believe Darwin as their, they're back. You know, McCoy good. might go. He's real good. I mean, Darwin's like, what, if you had a ranked number three backs in the league, I think Darwin probably would be number one. But, and then yeah. their backup is who? Darrell Williams would be in there too. And I, actually, Darrell Williams played ahead of uh, Darwin last week. So that's in, that was interesting. That is interesting. Um, and then obviously, you know that Tyreek Hill is out. But, you know, they still have some talent at wide receiver. But this isn't a fully stacked Kansas City deck. The Chiefs will get theirs. They've scored 25 or more in an NFL record 24 straight games, which is amazing. But one of the wild cards here is it might be raining. You know, it's going to be like 12 mile per hour and it might be downpour. It's going to be depending on an hour or two, uh, but it's supposed to rain all day. Um, so I just think this is too many points. I, you know, as a Ravens fan, I hope the Ravens win. You know, I got to pick for Action Network the games who wins outright. I think I'm going to pick the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs win a close one, but it's seven, which is way too high, especially with the Chiefs injuries and the way this Baltimore offense is rolling. I think this is the best game uh, on Sunday by far. It should be highly entertaining. Yeah, I mean, Lamar Jackson dropped a dime into Marquise Brown's bucket like Brown was panhandling. Like, that was amazing. <laughs> I wasn't but, expecting this accuracy. Right. And, like, on a third down to win the football game, essentially. Now, I think this game's interesting for a number of reasons. One being Arrowhead Unders in the Andy Reid era, 33-18-1, hit rate. The under has hit. Now, you alluded to the rain and, and whatnot. My thing is... If the weather is impacting a team, I think it impacts the Ravens more. And that sounds weird because they're the more they're the better running team. But here's the thing. Patrick, like when when Fisher went down last week, Patrick Mahomes, you know how he compensated for that? He just backed up more in the pocket. And he has the arm to where he can just back. It's like you remember old school Madden when like people that like were like didn't really know how to read coverages would just like drop back super far and just throw like bullets. Like that's Patrick Mahomes in real life. Uh, So I worry that if the Ravens can't score quite as much because, you know, Lamar Jackson, he's he he, I don't know if his arm can do that the way Mahomes can. But I, I do think that the Ravens can also win this game because I think they are. 
at this point, probably a top three team in this league. I mean, you have the the Chiefs, you have the Patriots, the Rams eh, look kind of shaky. I don't know. I don't know where they are exactly. I have to see them maybe after this, we can get a better idea. But uh, this is a tough one for me to handicap. So uh, I haven't placed any wages on it, uh, but I am excited about it. Whew, it's this game, man. It could go, it could go any which way. I'm not going to pretend I know. Well, I, I will pretend that I do know that Justin Tucker will make his field goals. <laughs> I'm predicting Earl Thomas gets a pick. Okay, remember though, wind, interesting weather. I mean, that just not that Tucker doesn't matter. Really to Tucker, air, right? Not that it matters, but if there's anything that adds an intriguing element to the it's game, two good special teams teams yeah. overall, though. Oh yeah, and that might decide. Who knows? I mean, very intriguing game. Yeah, I'm gonna let you take that plus seven and uh, hope that the, uh, the your boy Mahomes gets it done. Yeah, you know, he's been my DFS cash game play and hasn't disappointed uh, to this point. Are you uh, gonna beat it again? With the weather, it might want to go down to someone else. But then it's like, I'm not, I don't want to play Jameis Winston and Jackson. Have this How about Stafford? Yeah, we try to get guys at home unless they're like a, like a rushing threat. So, yeah, like Jackson would probably be in play more, still more than Stafford. Um, but, but yeah, I got to see. It's kind of, that's why I kind of do that article like Thursday night leading into Friday, try to get the injuries and the weather as close as I can. Uh, but let's move on to uh, my next pick, which is going to be the – I'll go with the Houston Texans. Uh, plus three and a half. I think it might be down to three. I got them at three and a half. I'll give uh, it okay. I think they can win this game uh, outright against the Chargers. Uh, first of all, I think people are going to kind of be scared off by the fact that, oh, you know, Houston only won. They could have lost last week to the Jaguars with Gardner Minshew. The Jaguars can kind of combat the Texans' strength, uh, which at this point is throwing the football. And I think the Chargers were in position to do that a lot more uh, before, you know, Derwin James went down. Now Adrian Phillips is out. And then, yeah, they got, the Chargers can rush the passer. Uh, but Laramie Tunsil does help kind of negate some of that. Uh, we've seen, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson, yeah, he's been under duress, but not quite to the level that he was last year. I think this is a better Houston team. Uh, Kenny Stills, my boy Kenny Stills actually rated the number one receiver uh, in the league by PFF through two weeks, even though, you know, the numbers haven't been – you know, eye popping. I think he adds a big element. QT is healthy. Uh, and on the other side, I mean, Chargers are banged up on offense too. You know, uh, Mike Williams, not 100%. Uh, you know, obviously without Melvin Gordon, Eckler has looked good, but you know, how long can he hold up to, to, you know, he's kind of a small guy. How can, how long can he hold up to 20 touches? You know, did get banged, banged around uh, at the goal line and fumbled last week. Uh, so I like the Texans in this game and teams like this just tend to get overrated. I'm not a big trends guy, but if you look at uh, our, our bet lab software, um, you know, when teams failed to cover uh, the previous week, both teams, which Houston and LA both failed to cover the road underdog one fifteen ninety three and six against the spread since 2003, 58, 40 and two uh, when they are an underdog of four points or less. So uh, I think the trends are growing in your favor. I think this team in Houston is a more talented team. By the way, I mean, yeah, teams get three points for home field, but there's no home field in LA. I mean, there, there's really none. So give me Houston plus three, five. I think it'll get down to three. Uh, I would think about also taking the money line uh, on this game as well. But uh, how do you feel about that one? Yeah, I finally get some disagreement here. The line's about right. I still have to do some digging there, but these teams are really similar in that a quarterback who can sling it around, a, a star receiver – Right, so you have Keenan Allen, and you know you have Hopkins on the other side. Two atrocious offensive lines. I know you just want to say Laramie Tunsil is going to fix this offensive line. Oh yeah, I didn't, I'm saying fix it. I'm just saying like they were pissed. They don't help. They're still 30 yeah, second. They're 32nd in adjusted yeah. sack rate. They've given up 10 sacks. He was under duress all last week. And both teams have a defensive yeah. line that's going to take advantage of each other's offensive line. 
right? Okay. So you have Ingram and Bosa against these tackles. On the other side, you have, you know, Merciless uh, and Watt. And, you know, they're, they're, you know, the chart is off the line, I still say, is, you know, with their tackles right now, I, with Scott and Tevi, it's the worst tackles in football. So what this comes down to to me, and I know Phillips is out and James, he was replacing uh, James, you know, does it really hurt as much this matchup? I don't know. I mean, Hayward's going to shadow Hopkins. How much did Hayward give up to Gowdy last week? I, look, it's just one game. game. Winner. He's still one of the best. He's still one of the best corners. And then you have the best slot corner. One of the best that? slot corners is King. Okay. Now, Fuller could have a huge day because that's really where – the Chargers are lacking in that second corner um, on the outside. I don't know. I think Allen has a better matchup than Hopkins, and in a, a game of two similar teams, that might okay. decide it. But I'm not saying I love the Chargers. That's just my thoughts on the game. Okay, but here's my thing. Like you said, okay, they both have good quarterbacks, number one receivers. The difference is one of their quarterbacks can escape and make off-script plays. The others can't. You also have the fact that Darren Fells and, and, and Akins, yes, they're their quote-unquote starting tight ends, platoon, whatever you want to call it. But with QT healthy – this is a team that could just split you out four wide and put Duke Johnson in the backfield and, and have him as a motion piece too. So this is a team, if they, they see that Chargers secondary is thin, I think they come out and spread them out. And that will be a problem because it's not just that they're weak at second corner, their cornerback depth and their secondary depth is, is weak. And QT is still one of the better, whatever you want to call it, third, fourth receivers in the league. And, and I just mentioned Kenny Stills, who is the number one rated receiver by pro football focus. So, like, this team will pose, I think, more problems to the Chargers than the Chargers can pose to them. No, you make a good point. With If they do come out and spread them out, there's that, there could be some problems for the Chargers. But uh, for you fantasy people, don't take my fantasy advice, but don't start QT. His <laughs> king is a stud in, in the start. Oh, no, I agree with that. Yeah, he's no, he's a real good player. But, I mean, that's the whole thing with Houston this year. They actually, I mean, for now, until everyone, you know, meets at the hospital by, like, week four, they're healthy right now. Uh, I think they, it is a similar situation. Two, two shaky O-lines. Two good quarterbacks, two star number one receivers. Differences, I think Houston. Right, I just think Houston has a little more depth at spots where where they can like inflict damage to the opponent. Obviously, love it at three five a lot more than three, but even so, I think I think Houston uh, is the better team and thus should like they shouldn't even be getting three, especially in L.A. Right, let's just move on. This is the game that I think we've both been waiting for. So, hit yep, it. you haven't mentioned it yet, so I think that you're saving it. But and by the way, I think Keenan Allen might have twenty catches, as he always does. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, I'm going with now. This is we we have lines for every game that we have to have. Now this line might be off the board, pending Cam Newton or not. I'm taking the Panthers at minus two and a half in Arizona. I am hoping. Cam Newton doesn't play. Seriously, I mean, he has been, you've probably heard about now, he's been the most inaccurate quarterback. I think he got hurt. He hurt his foot. He's been banged up. He's just not the same accurate quarterback. He's dealing with all these injuries. You know, 35% of his ball has been uncatchable. That's somehow worse than Mitch Trubisky, who's second worst, obviously. Um, and then Fitzpatrick and then Cousins. Uh, they're the only ones over 25%. 62% of his balls were uncatchable against the Bucs. I don't even know how that's possible. So Kyle Allen will be the quarterback. It's actually not Will Greer, if, I assume, from what I've heard. If Cam Newton can't go, he actually can at least throw the ball down the field right now, um, which Cam can't do accurately until he gets healthy. The Panthers actually do have some guys who can get down the field and get open. They did against the Bucs, uh, and Cam just couldn't hit him. He just is not healthy. Something's off with him right now. Uh, and Arizona is missing their two corners right now, and namely Patrick Peterson. I also think Carolina will be able to match up. The, I think they're going to win both sides of the trenches. Now, you're going to tell me all about Kyle Murray, which is fine. They're going to spread them out. They're going to go four wide. Um, but I just think Carolina is going to dominate on the offensive line, defensive line. They're going to have a huge upgrade at quarterback. I, I, because 
Cam Newton isn't right. I'm assuming Allen is in here. You know, the Arizona lost a tough game. He's, you know, against the Ravens. They moved they the ball. Game, you know, by the way, but, by the way, they could have yeah. won that game if Kingsbury's more aggressive, which I mean, I, I get it. Young team tied last week. You want to keep a minute. So I get it. But they kicked three field goals. What was it inside the five or inside the 10 or something like that? Atrocious. Yeah. On the road as a big dog. You can't do that. Yeah. Uh, no, I just think I've, I've Carolina rated significantly better than, and you know, a point, uh, you know, a couple points in this particular matchup, because I had them about five and a half points better than Arizona. Now that's with Cam Newton. And I think if you get Cam Newton out of there until he gets healthy and you just have someone who could throw the ball down the field, you know, it's going to help their offense tremendously. You can't have a guy who's thrown 60% uncatchable balls and expect to do anything. And they almost still won against Tampa. This is a completely desperate Carolina team going across the country after back-to-back home losses. I think this is what they need. You're going to get their best effort here, uh, and I'm fading Cliff. So I don't like fading Kyler. He's looked good, but I'm fading Cliff. Say that again. Say that again. Kyler's looked good. But, uh, uh, <laughs> oh, so are you going to do it? Are you going for a double? A double, yeah, this is a double so game? I kind of tease this one. We can pick games as long as we're on the opposite side. Raybon's betting on Kyler Murray. I jumped on Cardinals plus 2-5. Uh, I actually see it differently. Listen. Carolina has been desperate for a while now because guess what? They've lost Cam Newton's last eight starts. I don't care how bad your quarterback is hurt because the bottom line is when you lose, you know, eight starts in a row. And now they did get a win. I believe it was, what was it? Week 16 or week 17 when the Saints rested people uh, with Kyle Allen, your boy. Kyle Allen, baby, on the road. That's fair. But keep in mind, they were, the Saints were resting people. Um, There are just issues bigger than just the quarterback. When you look at the Cardinals, Listen, again, I think the Ravens are one of the top teams in the league, and the Cardinals, the, the Cardinals stayed in that game. If Lamar Jackson doesn't make that accurate throw, and, I mean, my God, that was a good throw, they get the ball back with a chance to win that game with a touchdown. They've struck uh, – David Johnson left that game. They completely abandoned the run while he was out. Again, they kicked, like, three field goals. So, like, this is a team that they might not win many games, but they're going to be competitive. I, w- I would say that, that Carolina was a sup- is a superior team to the Bucs, right? But because Tampa Bay, now they have Todd Bowles on defense. Jameis Winston chose, you know, for, he, he managed a game where he didn't, like, you know, give the ball to the other team. Tampa Bay, competitive team. Look what happens. They, the Carolina loses that game. Even if they score that last touchdown, they don't cover. They win by one point, and they don't cover. So I think it's the same kind of deal here. I think Arizona, a team that can compete, I think their defense playing better than expected. Uh, offense has struggled. I mean, I think their offense does a lot of room to kind of grow because touchdowns come with yards. And the bottom line is Kyler Murray's on pace for over 5,000 yards passing, 300, over 300 in both of his game starts. So something's off in Carolina. You could say they're desperate, but I don't like a team in this kind of situation. Uh, a team that's not very fast, by the way, a lot of veteran guys on that team on the road and play a Cardinals team that even the Ravens admitted, hey, we got gassed out here. Um, you know, they gave us some problems. And this is one of the – I just don't like it for Carolina. I don't think they figure out how to fix it yet. Um, so I'm taking Arizona plus 2-5. I think the real question here, um, because, again, is this did get taken off the board. Cam Newton hasn't been ruled out, but if he doesn't play stuck, um, like what would your adjustment be in terms of yeah. just points on the Look, I'm going to take minus 2.5 for, the, for this. No, no, I mean, I just want, like, for the, for the listeners, in case a new line opens, like, just like ballpark, what would your yeah, adjustment be? Yeah, so what I'm, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty confident, I don't know who knows what the market's going to do, that you'll see – Probably the Cardinals go to a one and a half point favorite. So you'll have good value here. But, and then you'll see me come across with a play on the Panthers on the app because 
I'm getting points and I have not Cam Newton in there who's not right. I'll also say this, you know, I'm not a big trend player, but Owen, teams that are 0-2 against the spread in the NFL over the first two weeks, which the Panthers are, they're 67-51-1 against the spread in week three. That speaks to, you know, the overreaction and that you know, is a good one. in the market. Um, but, the, and, you know, another thing to keep in mind, the Panthers have extra rest here. You know, they played on Thursday, you know, them getting, you know, last Thursday. So they have 10 days of prep while Arizona was out in Baltimore on Sunday. So, you know, I, if you're going to get anything from the Panthers, you know, 0-2 start with, you know, some decent expectations with two losses at home, you're going to get it here. Uh, I think they find a way to get the win. And this game will be worth two points. So we'll, one of us will have big bragging rights here. Yeah, I mean, I get the extra resting, but like you got to actually be good. You're going to play a team like the Cardinals. You shouldn't be, re- you should be getting your conditioning up. Like you shouldn't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, if they gave, I, I'm, I refer to it. I think it's more beneficial for prep, especially when okay. you're playing the Cardinals. Yeah. Cardinals, you know, I don't know if they're line. like a prep team. They're beating people just by spreading them out and throwing them like 35-year-old Larry Fitzgerald, who's like not even fat. It, they're a hard team to handicap, but I, I do hear you. I just – Kyle Allen, by the way, 71.4% adjusted completion rate, which kind of adjusts for throwaways, sacks, all that stuff. Still seven points worse uh, than Cam Newton last year. So we will see um, what happens. But uh, at this point, again, Cam Newton has not been ruled out. So the, the game is off the board. Uh, I got it at Cardinals plus 2-5. That's the line we're going with. Uh, Stuck thinks there's uh, it should be about uh, minus what you say about so I got a four point swing if Cam is out that's that's that that that's what you think is fair that's what you think the books will do I actually think that it's an improvement you know I make the line you know f- you know if you after you account for home field I make it about two and a half without Cam Newton I would make it three because and I'm just going based on the Cam Newton that I saw. Now, after he hurt his foot, he was 18 of 42 against a bad secondary. He couldn't throw an accurate pass. If you have a quarterback that yeah. can't throw an accurate pass in the NFL, you, what are you going to do on offense? I mean, well, so much like Christian McCaffrey can do. But as of right now, this isn't the Cam Newton that we're used to. Something's off, and it's probably an injury still. Yeah, and that is fair because, honestly, uh, I took the Cardinals because I had this game – as essentially uh, rated a little differently than you, but that was assuming Cam was in there. So, so like, I'm not taking it because like, Oh, Cam might be out. And that's why I love this. Like, no, like I'm taking yeah. it. Because I just thought that the Cardinals have, have a good chance to win this game, Cam Newton or not. So um, I, I, that is fair uh, as well. So that was our Sunday six pack really was five games because we each took a different side. So those are our against the spread picks for this week. And that wraps up the Sunday six pack. Hope you're enjoying this great Action Network podcast. I want to make sure you know about the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On has a daily podcast on your favorite team. Welcome to you, Locked On 49ers. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. Let's go. Locked On podcasts are hosted by the local experts who know your team better than anyone and give you the inside scoop. So go to your podcast app and search Locked On, your favorite team. Subscribe to your Locked On podcast. And now we'll quickly cover the best of the rest. All the games that didn't make the Sunday six-pack. So, Stuck, I'll read the lines. Uh, If you have anything for these games, you jump in. If I have anything, I'll jump in, and we'll kind of run through these pretty quick. We have the Atlanta Falcons at the Indianapolis Colts. Colts favored by one and a half. That's down from two and a half. 38% of the tickets, only 37% of the money backing the Colts right now. I actually do like the Colts in this game. Uh, I think the coaching for the Colts gets it done here, uh, and they get to squeak out a a short victory, uh, a swim victory. Anything else on that game stuff? Uh, Yeah, just keep your eye on the injury report tomorrow. 
uh, which is key in this game. I do think if the Colts were fully healthy, they can run it right down Atlanta's throat, just like Minnesota did uh, in week one. But Marlon Mack, he's questionable. But more, you know, they, they do have some backs that can fill in. Their offensive line is really their strength. Uh, but Mack didn't practice today. He was holding a, a walking boot. Um, but on the defensive side, Darius Leonard is in concussion protocol. Uh, he didn't practice um, their top corner. Desir, he's also questionable too. So, you know, keep your eye on the injury report. That's going to go a long way in determining if I end up betting the Colts or not. I think it's Colts or nothing. The Denver Broncos at the Green Bay Packers. Packers, seven and a half point favorites. That's up from six and a half. 65% of the betting tickets, but 41% of the money on the Green Bay Packers. I mean, look, this is a perfect tease piece, um, which we'll get to when we give out our teasers. The Packers offense is still finding its legs. You know, they came out on fire against Minnesota. If you look at the box score, the end box score, Minnesota dominant. I mean, it's seven yards per play for Minnesota. Packers only 4.9. Still finding their legs. Um, you know, Denver's defense you know, may get some pieces back, uh, mainly in Bryce Callahan. And, you know, they have, Harris is a great corner. They need a matchup. But I do think that this Denver offensive line is a disaster going up to, to Lambeau with statuesque Joe Flack go back there. This Packers defense is real, and it's spectacular. I'm telling you, it's going to be really good by the end of the year. One of the reasons why it's my only Super Bowl future. Packers get it done. Lines, probably about right. They probably win between 7 and 10. Teaser piece. Yeah, I like, uh, and I bet on this last week, Broncos team total under uh, when it comes out because Packers top five in coverage and in pass rush uh, in terms of PFF grades. Broncos 22nd yards per attempt passing and 27th in yards per completion. John Elway stopped selling the fan base on these trash quarterbacks. Next, we have the Oakland Raiders visiting the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings up to a nine-point favorite from seven and a half. 59% 59% of the bet tickets, 77% of the dollars wagered backing the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, I actually think this is a good time for Kirk Cousins to get going. He's been pretty bad so far, to put it mildly. Uh, okay. But I think that, you know, look, their offensive line is atrocious. Bradbury, the rookie's been terrible at center. You know, the rest of their offensive line is very questionable. But if you're going to play a team with a weak offensive line, the Raiders – is it? They don't they just don't generate pressure. Um, you know, and the Raiders have actually been better against the run this year. They were atrocious last year. But perfect in Whitehead. They have a new scheme. Their defensive line aren't their defensive ends aren't standing up anymore, and so they're a little better against the run. I do think with the Kubiak zone scheme, Cook will still have some success. But because they can't pressure Cousins, Cook will have some success. I just think this is a potential breakout game for the Minnesota passing attack. Now the Oakland secondary, it really hurt that Abram went on IR. Their safeties are weak. I mean, Joseph's good up in the run game, but not in the pass game. I don't think any of their corners can stick with Diggs or Thielen. But there's still some questions about Minnesota overall. So line is probably about right. Again, teaser piece. I guess I just gave away my teaser. Uh, Minnesota and Green Bay, both from, you know, over seven to under three. Yeah, and I think this is another one where I would feel more comfortable going under the team total for Oakland um, than necessarily betting on the spread because you don't know Cousins might come out less aggressive because he did talk before the season. Again, from reading all these local reports, he wanted to give Thielen and Diggs more chances to go and win. Um, because he felt he didn't do enough of that last year. You know, remember, they were kind of like, uh, you know, everything was underneath last year. So um, I think you might see him kind of revert to a more conservative Cousins, that they will run the ball. Maybe the unders the play in this game too, but I don't see how Oakland, um, you know, scores more than whatever the 17, 18 points that they're going to get 
uh, yeah. for their Josh coach. Jacobs is the real deal, but yeah, I mean, yeah, he's, he's going to struggle game. against Minnesota's defense there. Not in this game. Yeah, uh, next game, let's go through these quick. Uh, Jets at New England Patriots. Patriots minus 23, up from minus 16. Obviously, Luke Falk starting for the New York Jets. 85% of tickets, uh, 82% of the money on the Patriots. You can see the Jets are nothing, and it's the Dolphins are nothing if you're catching over 21 in the NFL game. I just don't know how bad the Dolphins are. I guess we'll cover both these games at once because we have two 21-point fa- favorites on the same Sunday for the first time since the strike year, I think in 1987. 21-plus point favorites in the NFL, 35-0 and 0, straight up all time, 11-22-2 and 2 against the spread. A lot of them are way back. Since 1993, 7-0 straight up, but just 1-6 against the spread. It's very hard to cover in the NFL as a favorite of you know 21 or more. But this Jets team is a joke right now. I mean, their whole team is out. They're going to have to give it the bell a billion times. But they're a third-string quarterback. They have a depleted receiving core going against the best you know group of corners in the NFL. So how many times can you throw it to Robbie Anderson with, with Gilmore on him? I mean, oh, no, he's not getting anything. I, yeah, I, he, it's not going to go well. So I don't know how the Jets score. It's a matter of, you know, they, maybe they break a fluke play, you know, Bell breaks a long play and they get to seven or 10 and hold the Patriots to, you know, 28. And they, they just take their foot off the gas and maybe settle for a bunch of field goals. I don't think you can lay it here, but I can't, bet. I can't back. The yeah, Jets. no, I, I, I could see the way, the way the Jets cover is like this. You, you play conservatively and, and Falk doesn't turn the ball because remember the Dolphins Patriots game was 23 9 into the fourth and then they two pick sixes if Falk just dumps it down to bell enough that runs the clock it just doesn't give the Patriots necessarily enough time to build that 23 point lead if the Jets get even like a field goal or something maybe it's like you know 26 to 3 or it's like you know 27 to 6 something like that so that would be the avenue maybe I'll I'll, I'll dip we'll see how high this line goes same thing for if Dallas 24 Miami. I will play the Jets I'll say yeah same thing Dallas Miami uh Dallas a 21 and a half point favorite uh at home against Miami right now same deal so we're not even going to spend any longer on that uh, nope. Giants Tampa Bay Daniel Jones making his first start on the road Tampa Bay six and a half point favorite seen that hit seven at some books 43% of the bets but only 32% of the money on Tampa Bay there is some sharp action back in Daniel Jones here yeah I don't get it I mean look there's some things I'm starting to like about this Bucks team you know especially if Jameis can continue to you know not turn the ball over defense uh, is a lot better defense is a lot better I think so much better that's what I was just yeah. going to get to next like his his three four defense and you know where he's bringing pressure they they're stout against the run they're one of the best defenses against the run this year they're swarming um, and they played you know the 49ers and the Panthers so you know it's not like they they played the Jets and the Dolphins so this defense looks a lot more aggressive um, and you know it just scheme wise it's so much more improved under Todd Bowles um, you know. They're just up front, you know, you have Vita Vea, um, Sue. They're just so much more stout up in the middle that it's a lot harder to run against them. Now, I do think that they still have some major questions in the secondary with Hargreaves and, you know, a lot of their corners or safeties are not a strong suit. And I think Jimmy G was just off in that week one game. And then last week we talked about it. Cam Newton just couldn't throw an accurate ball. But is Daniel Jones and Latimer – and Shepard, are they the ones that are going to exploit this Tampa secondary? I don't think so. Um, you know, Saquon Barkley is amazing, and his success rate on just, like, first-down runs, just making things happen is all credit to his talent. But because this Tampa run defense looks a lot better um, in their 3-4, I don't trust Daniel Jones on the road in his first game. Uh, I don't know if I want to lay seven with the Bucks or six and a half with, you know, maybe Jameis throws a pick six or something. I do think the Bucks end up winning. 
this game ends up most likely probably a stay away, but I'm not getting on board with the sharp money on the Giants. So we talked about Jameis could also have potentially a big game. And a lot of times we think he's going to have a big game. He doesn't, but you know, this secondary for the Giants is atrocious. So Godwin Evans, you know, it's this Jenkins is playing awful for the Giants. And then you have this kid who I love out of college, DeAndre Baker. He's just oh, really big and picked on. Just, yeah. So uh, I think so it's, I, I can't, I can't back the, the, the Giants here. I, I would probably lean Giants only because I think Daniel Jones, like you alluded to probably the most accurate quarterback they've going to face yet. Uh, and Jameis Winston liable. They are going to try to exploit that Giants secondary um, liable to turn the ball over. I, it's a big number for a team. That's like, Better, but not great. What do you think about the Saints? Saints visiting the Seattle Seahawks. Of course, no Drew Brees. Teddy Bridgewater making a start for the Saints. Seahawks, four and a half point favorites. 75% of the tickets, only 48% of the money on Seattle as four and a half point favorites. Yeah, check out the app. You'll see it right up here for me. I think this line's too high. I'll be against Seattle again. They have, what, two wins by a combined, what, three points over Mason Rudolph and Andy Dalton. Give me the Saints here and a bounce back. Worried about Bridgewater and Michael Thomas, but uh, yeah, this is, I think the line's about right. Pittsburgh at San Francisco, San Francisco minus six, five down from uh, seven, 60% of the bet tickets, but only 40% of the money backing the Niners. Uh, if I can get seven, I'll look at the Steelers. If not, I can't back them here. Their secondary has been awful. Minka Fitzpatrick, how quickly can he assimilate into this defense and help cover Kittle? I don't know. The corners have been trash. I mean, do you really trust Mason Rudolph and these receivers on the road? No. Uh, you know, six, six and a half is probably right. If I got seven, seven and a half, I'll look at the Steelers. Probably a pass. Speaking of defenses that are improved, 49ers, number three coverage grade. Uh, from and their the offensive NFL. line is, like, grading out well. So maybe this team is a lot better than I thought. I mean, if their offensive line keeps playing like this. Yeah, and, uh, of course, they have the future of the quarterback position, Jimmy Garoppolo, under center. But uh, let's move on. And this is a game I'm actually really excited about. The Rams at the Cleveland Browns. Browns plus three at home. Uh, it opened at one and a half. So why has moved in the Rams' favor? Only 13% of the tickets and 13% uh, of the money – uh, on Cleveland. Is this one where you bet against the public stuff? I may, but again, we'll have write-ups on this on the Action app. This is a big injury report game because today there's seven starters from Cleveland on the injury report, but they played on Monday night, so you don't know how many were precautionary um, or how many are actually serious. So, you know, with seven starters on it, I, I can't really make a judgment now. Check out my Twitter Action app, all the content we'll have, and then we'll really see who's going to be rostering up because it is an exciting game. This Cleveland offense is going to have to start, you know, doing a little more, but I think Baker Mayfield will calm down after getting that win under his belt with all those expectations. I think they have a shot, but I need to see the injury report first. The Thursday injury report, I should say. I I, I did not like Freddie Kitchens calling pass plays up 20 20 points against the Jets uh, and getting Mayfield hit. I'm kind of mad at myself for not grabbing the Rams uh, when they were shorter. I think now everyone's kind of taking the value out of it. Uh, Let's get into our next segment. The only other segment that's going to count toward our weekly score, that is our favorite total stuck. Who you got? Look, I come here. I'm, I'm going to flip on you. Um, I had the Texans and this is what the value of listening to this podcast. I had the Texans chargers under, which I'm still going to look at, but you know, I'm, now that I'm thinking about it, these teams might try to spread it out, especially the Texans with the Chargers' lack of corner depth. So maybe I don't like it as much. I got to go back and look. So I'm flipping it and Chris going. Chris analysis, hard hitting. Woo! So I'm going with a number that I already got bet down. I gotta, and I'm not, but it's still over the most important total, 43. I'm taking the Jets' pats under 44. I don't know how the Jets get more than 10. I think they're going to try and just heavy dose of Bell. Clock will be running. I don't, I, I don't think the Patriots care about running this up too much. Uh, so I'll say 
30 to 10, 31, 10 tops. Uh, so I'll go Jets, Pats, under. Oh, God, don't let me down, Jets. I like that. No, I, I think that's possible just be, if the Jets just completely take it, the air out of the ball. Uh, for me, I'm going Cincinnati, Buffalo under 44, another artificial inflation. This game opened at 40, a 40 and a half in some spots. Got bet all the way up to 44. The, the Bills played the Giants defense. Again, bottom two defense pass-wise in the league. Uh, Cincinnati gave up 40-plus to the Niners. Just a ton of missed tackles. I think a much more focused Bengals team. Both of these teams play it closer to the vest. At 44 to me is way too high. Just all our artificial inflation there. Let us go now into another fun segment. That is our favorite teaser. Oh yeah. Six point teasers. This is going to be a standard 6.2 team teaser. For those not familiar, teasers are when you get to add extra points to the spread uh, for the favorite. So you bring it down or the underdog, it increases the spread for you. Um, So you get less of a payout, but you can kind of get some additional cushion on that spread. The standard is usually a 6.2 team teaser. So uh, each of those two teams that you pick on that teaser gets an additional six points. I hope that made sense. Stuck. Let's go quick here. Who you got for your teaser? I'll harp on this all year. If you go through the seven and three with a teaser on both sides, you're doing something right. And uh, that's what I did. I put that in, in the app earlier this week. Packers, Vikings, both under three. I don't think either of them lose. That's a good call. And um, like I actually said that to you when we discussed this uh, you know, game previously. So I, I would have gone that way, but I'm going to switch it up a little bit um, just so we don't have the same one. I am going Green Bay uh, minus one five. Again, no confidence in that Denver pass offense to do anything. I'll have more on that in our Packers Broncos preview uh, on actionnetwork.com. But I'm also going with Arizona plus eight five. Uh, against the Panthers. We'll hope, hopefully that line stays where it is, but uh, I don't think Arizona loses this game much less by, by that many points. So uh, like those two there, uh, let's jump right into our next segment, which is the underdog parlay. Turning good weekends into great weekends. It's time for the Moneyline Parlay. Now, Stuck, we actually hit. We actually hit, thanks to my faith, by the way, by the way, in the Seahawks. Well, what about my faith in the Colts? You actually bet against the Seahawks on the six-pack. So I if I didn't go against you there, we wouldn't have hit that. What was it? What over five to one? Money on, hey, all money the credit on. to you. Yeah, we got a couple of messages from people that hit it. Oh, Happy for I'm all those kidding. who t- tailed along. I'm, I'm sure you'll, uh, you'll, you'll carry me many times on this segment. But uh, let's go right into it. Uh, Stuck, who you got for your dog? I just, I'm just going based off of line being too high and I'm not a believer in the Seahawks. I'll make them prove it to me. Um, (laughs) So uh, I'm going with new Orleans. Let's call it plus one ninety. I'm seeing the Seahawks coaching like Brian Schottenheimer is doing a lot better than I expected. I do think Sean Payton will, you know, and Carmichael and those guys will figure out a way to like make this offense work even without breeze. But uh, not as I don't think I'm as confident as I would have been before. Um, so we'll see if uh, if betting against Seattle works for you. Uh, for me, I'm going with the Houston Texans, a team that I have a lot of belief in, just because I think Deshaun Watson, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I think they have the right personnel. Again, like you said, similar matchup, similar team structure, uh, roster structure. Uh, I think Houston's a little healthier, and think they have the right pieces in the right places uh, to gain a little bit of an edge uh, over this Charger team. And again, don't really respect the home field for the Chargers. So 155 is what I'm seeing for, for Houston plus 155. Uh, you, you have the Saints plus 190. So the payout for that would be a little bit over uh, six to one. Uh, so if you bet a hundred bucks, you get a little over 700 back 
if you hit. So another good one. Hopefully we can extend our streak to two in a row. Hopefully the Seahawks cooperate uh, for you this time, Stuck. Uh, before we get out of here, we're going to do our Survivor Pool Pick of the Week. One pick. One chance to advance. Survivor. All right. Uh, I think we're both we're both 2-0. On our survivor picks, yeah. I hope we're yeah we have been surviving this week. I'll just start it off because I, it was an easy pick for me. I know there's some game theory involved and whatnot, but I'm going with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I, I can't think of a better time that I'm going to want to use them than a than an out of conference game at home, favored by 20 plus. I always worry about the divisional game, so not really keen on using them like against the Redskins. Maybe later in the year, I think you know the rest of the AFC East, uh, you know, a little bit better than the Dolphins. So I'm going Dallas. We got stuck. Uh, I'm going to use, and look, if I get burned here with two 21 point favorites, on the <laughs> board, uh, I'm going to be very angry. Um, but I'm rolling with the Minnesota Vikings. Um, not, not bad, not a bad pick. Bounce back spot here against the Raiders who I don't trust on the road. Um, I think it's just a, a good matchup for them and their offensive line for them to get right at home. So going with the Vikings. I will. I I know how to put some fear into your heart, though. I will. I I will remind you. And, and don't. And I was on the Vikings too. But remember last year around the same time when the Vikings were like big favorites over the Buffalo Bills at home. They just got like slammed. It might have been like I had them in Survivor too. I got to check. Yeah. yeah no. Like I, just to put fear in everyone's hearts with that one. But I mean, you would think it would be a different story this time around. But that's why the NFL is fun. I'm going with the chalk. I got the Cowboys. Again, Stuck has the Minnesota Vikings. Hopefully, we both survive until... It was 9-23, 2018. Is that going to be one year to the day? No, that's Monday. Okay, we're good. I don't know. It might be a long night for you if they lose. It might feel like (laughs) the same day. If you you have to get that drunk, um, it it always feels kind of like the same day. Take it from experience. But uh, (laughs) this has been another edition. An NFL betting edition of the Action Network podcast. For more betting tools, data, expert analysis, check out actionnetwork.com. Download the Action Network app. You can follow Stucky in there, at Stucky2, and myself, at Chris Raybon. See all our picks, track your own bets, see live win probabilities. Great app. Go download it. Also, follow Stuck on Twitter, at Stucky2. That's the number two. And me, at Chris Raybon. Until next time, let's get dish money. Go Pack Go.